Welcome to The Remnant. My name is Todd. I'm the pastor here. I am very genuinely excited today. Um, tough week for me, a lot of different reasons. You know, walking out life as disciples. If you're new here and, and you're like, oh, what's this Christianity thing? You know, it's not just songs and and smiles, but it's tears and uh, rough conversations. So, um, but that's good too, right? And beautiful things come of that, and that's what we can trust. So, yeah. So I'm excited because I've seen God move in a lot of ways. So I didn't say, I don't think I said this last week. Last, this message was supposed to be last week. This was already done. This, this little cool image, I was super excited. This doesn't happen a lot. Um, and don't, like, if you're a young pastor or someone learning to preach, don't just bank on this all the time because it is not comfortable. But sometimes I'll wake up on a Sunday morning, and this is what happened last week. I was getting, getting showered up and ready, and then God said, I heard a song. Like, I've heard it a thousand times. It's on my phone. I heard this one line, and he's like, hey, you need to talk about that. And I was like, I already got this thing, smoke and mirrors, and it's all like, you know, and Tim already made that image, and it's really good. And he hates when I tell, give it to him late. I do every week. So uh, I, I tried everything, talked to everyone to try to get out of doing it, and then we, had, we did it, right? Um, that's uncomfortable, but it's really cool because I think God's timing is clearly better than our own, right? Um, so here we are. And, and I told that story because some of you are in a, you know, I don't ever want you guys to think, do I sometimes preach about things going on in our church? Yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do. I mean, that's the bottom line. But weirdly, I did not plan this based on anything that's happened. It's just the way God works. Oh, man, we're starting off good. I'm rambling. Um, I want to start with some verses. John 8, 12, Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Hmm. So, pretty easy. Jesus compares himself and says, I am the light of the world. If the world needs light, what does that mean about it? It's dark, right? You don't take, hey, let's take more light into the really bright room. No, you need light where there's darkness. And anyone who follows him will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So this light leads to life. We, so far we're together, right? But there's another interesting part. He says, who follows me will never walk in darkness. What if you don't follow him? What is the implication? You're walking in darkness. Okay, we'll come back to that. Remember you said that. Now, John, earlier, chapter 3, starting in verse 19 through 21. Now, there's a, a moment here, if you guys, uh, where there's this constant comparison to Jesus being the light. I just told you he was the light, right? Then this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. Oh, man. That's just, you ever, that's just such a good sentence. It's powerful, poetic. This then is the judgment. The light has come into the world. And people loved darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. This makes sense to us, right? When you're doing shady things, hence shady, you do it in dark places, right? You do it, you don't do it in the light. That's, you know, that thing our mom said, some of you moms might say to your kids, like, listen, ain't nothing good happens after midnight, right? By the way, they're right. <laughs> Like, we all know, if we're really honest, like, that's such dumb advice, and then we walk and do something silly and act a fool, and we're like, you know what? There's something to that. Yeah, so he's making this comparison, right? People love darkness rather than light. Why did they do that? Because their deeds were evil. I don't want you to see the things I do. I might act like, I don't care what you think, but the reality is we, we, we don't want people to see that. And that's not just our actions, is it? It's that shameful place, the place we can't heal inside ourselves. Anyone, anyway, 
Verse 20, for everyone who practices wicked things hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. I get the picture of a possum, right? And possums, talking about acting a fool, it's true. Possums are in there. Kaylee always gets mad at me because I pick certain animals to be evil, and she thinks that, that that's silly, uh, like orcas. Anyway, so possums, right, or raccoons, you ever do this? I did this the other day, you know, lights out, hear some noise, flip it on. You see a cat run away from the, the porch because, like, he hates the light because he's digging in the trash, right? That's like us. And, that, and, and so sometimes we're like, oh, this is poetic, but it's true. Anyone who practices wicked things, evil things, shameful things, hates the light and avoids it. Why? So that his deeds may not be exposed. (laughs) But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light. This is so beautiful. I hope you're hearing me today. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. You ready? You notice that truth in there? But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light. You ready? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. He's all of them. Keep that in mind, all right? You heard me set this up. I'm going to do a little equation for you later, but what we've established is Jesus is light to this dark world. That's what he's saying. Multiple reasons, right? Sin, evil, we all know it's out there. He came into this world to bring light, and light shows us the way home, right? Where's home? To life. He said it. To truth and life is through Jesus. Now we understand I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You can't know truth if you don't know the direction you're going. You can't know where life is unless you can see. I am light. Come by me, and I will guide you. Make sense? Good. Now I want to talk to you guys. I want to show you some pictures. I know you love pictures. So this is a real church in California. Pretty cool. I actually like a lot of their stuff, so I want to kind of show you guys to pick your brain what you think so far. So go ahead and throw that first slide up for me. Sojourn Grace Collective. Well, first off, they already got us because they use the word collective. We're intrigued. What is a collective, right? What is a collective? Anyone know what that is? It's a group. Just a fancy word for group, right? So, so if you're trying to skip ahead of me, and if you do that, you're going to be wrong again. So many times you think you know where I'm going, and I pull the old smoke and mirrors on you. See what I did there? Anyway, that's the name of the message. Hey, Soldier and Grace Collective. Now, let's be honest. Not try to jump ahead. It says a safe place to heal, grow, and belong. Does that sound good? Jesus about that? Don't, I'm not, they're like, I don't know, Todd, is he? Are you tricking me? Yeah, Jesus is about healing, growing, and belonging to his body. We, we, yes? yes? You're so suspicious. You don't want to tell, you don't want to agree because you think I'm going to go, ha! Yeah, move on. So far. Um, now, I'm going to have to go here because I don't even have it pulled up. He, forgive us. If you can't, Clint, I know you're upset when I do this. It says, Sojourn has been a safe space for healing and growth. A place we could fall apart a little and then discover how to put it all back together again. I'm a words guy. I actually think that's beautiful. That sounds good, right? Scott, if you can't see it because it's really small for you, it's a nice little multicultural family here loving each other. They're falling apart and growing back, right? That's all good stuff. This is good, right? Would we all say Jesus? When, I mean, there's no problem with this. Yeah? Cool. Thank you. Move on. I, you're so suspicious. Thank you. It's, it's just, man, that's good. I've trained you well. Moving on. Sojourn is a safe place, is our safe place. We never feel judged or inadequate. So far, so good. It is our family. Hey, that's what we say here. <laughs> I like to look at Gina. She's like, mm-hmm. That's ain't, that ain't no family. All right, moving on. Where we are seen, accepted, affirmed, and most of all loved. That all sounds good, right? 
I'm, ser- I'm serious. So far, even Todd, who is Mr. Negativity, I see nothing really. I, there's one little word here I could pick apart because I'm suspicious. But, but it's all good, right? Moving on. Now, this is good. I, lo- I actually love this. Whoever did their site, very poetic. I'm a poet. I just don't know it. If you have breath, or maybe I think I'm a poet and I don't know it. Anyway, if you have breath, then you belong. Oof, that's pretty. That's pretty, right? If you have breath, then you belong. We good with that? God, everything's good so far. Moving on. Okay, now, this is some of their messages. Um, by the way, shameless plug, you can check ours out on www. Anyway, you are loved and enough. So far, so good. Message is named When Emptiness Speaks. You will be reminded that you are loved son, daughter, child of God, worthy, beautiful, and enough. I actually have one called Who Am I? One of the most popular ones we've ever done here. And it's essentially the same message. So that's pretty good. From what I'm seeing here, I'm in agreement. You guys want to know that you're a child of God and loved? Yeah. Care of the soul. Weird. This is creepy. I didn't put this together until just now. Another one I had, old time, old, old time. Uh, that was weird. Uh, one of the things, one of my other popular ones, which was terrifying for me, I uh, did over Job called Dark Days of the Soul. Steering the soul. Ooh, this is interesting. You will be invited to care for your soul and to love yourself and then give that love away to your neighbor, your family, the other. That's all capitalized. Okay, now you got me a little. I don't know what that means. And your enemy. Other than this weird capitalized other, maybe it's symbolizing something within their culture, right? Could be. Other might symbolize unbelievers. I don't know. Either way, that didn't sound bad, right? Man, I love the fact that you're all like, Todd, you're going to trick us. No, I'm being real. So far, so good, yeah? Move on. Okay, about us. Here we go. More like you, because I, by the way, if you're ever checking out a church, you certainly should go to that. little tidbit for those online. Go to their about. None of you do it. You just look and see if they got a cool-looking website. Um, go to their about us. Read it. <laughs> read it. And then look at their beliefs. Uh, so about us. More, uh, more like, hey, you know what? How about more like about you? That's clever. I'm making you feel important here, Gina. Pay attention. They're they're doing it. Ready? You are valuable enough. You are the powerful creator of your own life. Okay, first time. First time. I'm a little leery. Anybody with me? So far, I was cool, though. If you think you're the powerful creator of your own life, let's talk after. Because, like, I want to know how to live forever. I already know. Here we go. You have good reason to be skeptical. Okay, I'm back on. He told me I should be skeptical. You are not alone. You are worthy. You are, you are spirit. You are an artist. Ooh. You're laughing because me. I wouldn't fit there. I know. You belong and have something to say. You've been hurt in life and have good questions. I love this. You are beautiful, loved, and have what it takes. I love that. I say it all the time. Big wound for men, by the way. Mothers, you want to tell that to your sons. You have what it takes. Fathers, most importantly, tell your sons they have what it takes because they don't believe that. Um, you have a purpose and your opinion matters. You are trustworthy and have something to teach, and that and that this is true for all. All right, well, again, eh, um, you're the creator of life. A little weird. Move on. Is that it? I don't even remember. Is that our last one? Okay, good. Inclusive. Everybody's in, baby. Now listen, you jump into it because you're trying to guess what I'm going to say here. You're wrong. Stay with me. But that is, I'm glad some of you caught that. Everybody's in. See, here's the problem. I'm going to talk about today. Inclusive. If I say the church is not inclusive, you think that I am being uh, prejudiced against a certain class, race, sexual orientation, etc. That's what you think because you've been trained to think that. It's truth. Inclusive actually means would you be welcomed here? It does not mean would you accept everything I do here. Otherwise, hey, we're inclusive to murderers. Come on in here and do some killing, right? 
you, there, there has to be a line, all right? That's, everybody's in, baby, and that's the main thing I wanted to say. Um, everybody's in. The rest of it's irrelevant to me. But already I'm going, okay, it's, it's sort of building here. Now, before I even go on, it's not even my notes. Everybody's in. You ready? Jesus himself said, the path is narrow that leads to life, and few will find it. The road is broad that leads to destruction, and many will find it. The implication here being, guys, you may not like it, but it's not inclusive. The problem is it's not based on all of that other junk. It's based on whether you put your faith in the way, the truth, and the life. Right? Don't, we'll get to that. See, I'm already, some of you are like, Todd doesn't like people. That's not true. The most beautiful thing Jesus ever said is that I do welcome you all, but you have to come my way. Right? Moving on. Is that it? Is that all I got? Because I have more to read from my phone. I just need a peace, justice, and equality for all. Is that wrong? Is inclusion wrong? No, it's not wrong. Is peace wrong? Is justice and equality for all wrong? Is that biblical? Yes. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, peace, justice, does it going to happen in a sinful world? No, but we should strive for that, right? Community full of activists, advocates. We join the work of God to bring peace to the world. This is all good. We mimic the work of Jesus and stay on the side of the oppressed. We follow spirit wherever she leads us to fight injustice. I have zero problem with any of this. I do. I do, right? Community full of activists and advocates. For, not the whole thing. I'm talking about this slide. Some of you are getting confused. This slide. I didn't just go false teacher on you. Stay with me. Right here. This slide I have no issue with. Is that it? Awesome. Thank you. All right. I'm not done. But... I want to read to you. Well, first off, no, I'm going to start here. I want you to understand, and some of you caught it, that there were things in there that were true. They were, they were true. They even had the word Jesus in there. That's a big thing for me. You know, when I look at a church, do they say God all the time and not Jesus? If you're afraid to say the name Jesus, see, God doesn't really offend people because we've made God whatever you think he is. But Jesus, oh boy, he's offensive. So it mentioned that. It mentions inclusion. That's good. But does everybody get in? Right? That's like saying everybody's going to be a millionaire. If I tell you your entire life, hey, everybody, you know, is going to be a millionaire. Don't worry. You're going to be a millionaire. Is that loving you? doesn't matter what you do. Just, hey, you can go to sleep. You, can, you don't have to get up if you don't want to. You get to be a millionaire. It's not true, right? It's not going to be loving. That would be lying. But it, intermixed with it is this, and, and I, I did it from the beginning to try to show you, you know, if you're just checking it out, oh, this is good, family, inclusion, I don't have a problem with that. And then you start noticing other things. Intermixed within the truth is the opposite of truth, which is lies. Right? It sounds good to tell you, hey, you're never going to die. If I raised you from the age of one, okay, from the moment you, and I said, you are immortal, this is weird saying me. You're immortal right now. Your body is immortal. I know you're, oh, I got you now, Zach. No, none of this today. I, <laughs> memories from a long time ago. Anyway, if I tell you you're immortal, right, and you're beautiful and you're mortal and you're perfect, that's all great until the day you break your leg. That's all great. You know, the kid runs out in front of a car because he's like, look at me, I'm immortal. Is that love? No, because that means you're not telling them the truth. You're telling them what makes them feel comfortable but not the truth. What if it's a life and death thing? What if I said, hey, cancer or cancer, cigarettes doesn't cause cancer. This isn't to judge smokers. You're making that choice fully aware. But if I tell you there's no harmful effects, we might all be doing it. Hey, 
not only good things come from cocaine. Sign me up, right? I don't sleep anyway. This will keep me going, right? But that's not what it is, is it? No, we know that, hey, you take too much of this, you're going to die. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, and he follows me whenever I walk in darkness. And he said, what did he say? He said, the light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. Right? For everyone who practices wicked things hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may be exposed. Darkness. Evil. What if I told you darkness and evil isn't always just pitched forks and horns and hate, but that it masqueraded as light? What if I told you that sometimes it's like a, what are those lights called? The real flickering ones, strobe light, right? Flickering, creepy, I'm thinking a horror movie, right? And then they're closer to you. There's little flashes, yeah, I got you, you're already, right? It's, it's little flashes of light, enough to make you go, oh, I'm good, I'm safe here. But it's like that horror movie, like, I'm safe here, and then it's closer, closer. You don't want to live in a place like that, do you? You want to live in a place where your lights flicker on and off all the time? No, why? Because you can't see. You don't ever feel safe. What if I told you that the darkness in this world is smart enough to masquerade as light? To mix some truth with lies so that if we say they're liars, we're saying it's all a lie. That's what they try to tell us, right? What do you mean? Does God not love everyone? he's not inclusive, does that mean God doesn't love everyone? God doesn't love me if I haven't put my faith in him. He loves me, but I'm his enemy. I mean, that's a better way to put it. Aren't we all children of God? Sure, we were in in being created by God, but there's only one way to become a co-heir with Christ. I want to talk today. Have you guys ever heard of the phrase smoke and mirrors? What does it mean? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Distraction, manipulation, to pretend. Listen, I like that. You know me in definitions. You ready? It's the obscuring or embellishing of the truth of a situation with misleading or irrelevant information. I want you guys to hear me today. It's easy to say, you know, the world, right? We got to watch out for the world. The world is like contrary to God, the world. There are a lot of darkness out there that is used smoke and mirrors to make us believe they're the light and that they point to the light. I've already lost some of you because you don't want to be told you're right. You're in the wrong church or you're wrong. We'd already have a 1,000 people, man, if I didn't tell you the truth. I've said, that, I've said that many times. You don't think I'm good? Come on, man. If I want to make you feel good, I'd test it for like two months. If I wasn't afraid, I'd get addicted. Because I think I might. I think that's how it starts, by the way. I don't think a guy, pastor wakes up unless they're truly evil and says, you know what, I'm going to dilute the truth forever. Anyway, what if I told you that, guys? It's a smoke and mirror show. Culture has become smoke and mirrors. Let me obscure the truth. Whoa, look at this, but don't over here. Don't over here. It's a magic trick. It's a masquerade. It's a show. And so many of us fall for it because it appears on the surface to look like light, to sound like Jesus, to be truth when it isn't. 
No one wants to be told they're wrong. Nobody wants to be told they're wrong. You know, the, the, the fascinating thing about the, verge, uh, the verse that I read, and, you know, that's all of us. Who practices wicked things, hates light, and avoids it, but everyone who lives by the truth comes to the light. What's the truth? That you're perfect? No, the truth is that I am not perfect, that I am a sinner, that I am flawed and fallen short of the glory of God. That is the truth. I cannot remedy my situation. I cannot fix myself. To accept the gospel is to accept you are not good. That you are not healed on your own. I know. What about my Uncle Bobby? No, there are people that do good things. But in comparison, the Bible tells us to a holy good God, it is filthy. But we live in a world and a culture of good enough. It doesn't have to be light. It just has to look like light. It doesn't have to be truth. It just has to sound like truth. Make me feel comfortable enough that I feel like I'm going to a place that's preaching Jesus. But there's no real truth. It's smoke and mirrors. And the dangerous thing is that Christians are being led to believe that this smoke and mirrors show, this strobe light, this creepy movie is Christ. And even though the people that are doing it are wrong and they are evil, whether intentionally or not in their hearts, right, it's still evil to reject Christ, it doesn't matter because those that follow them will be held to that standard still. Smoke and mirrors. So what do we do with that? I am telling you, how about this? I'm going to tell you, let me make it more plain for you because I, I don't have a lot of time. We came late today and that worship was so good and I don't want you to be here till eight. There are, there are churches, teachings, pastors within Christendom, that means all of Christianity, that just because they got the name tag that says Christian or pastor or Jesus, they are not of the light. But you know what's funny about that? I don't blame them. I mean, I do. They'll be held for their own things. I get mad. But it's because they have an audience that they exist. They have an audience. Because some of you in this room today would rather hear honeyed lies than hard truth. We have to. But that's not love. That's not love. And you have been blinded. Even the beautiful word inclusion. What a beautiful word in and of itself. You are all welcome. Come as you are, right? Come to me, you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That is so beautiful. But not because you're healthy. Because we all aren't. So what a lie to tell someone that's lame. And as they drag their leg in or they're broken and cut and beat up, that stay as you are. God wants you to sit in that. Stockholm Syndrome, you heard of it, right? You, you get captive. I think you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but you get kidnapped, raised by enemies, taken care of, and eventually you come to love them because you think that is love. That's what's happening. And we all have a part to play in Christendom because we accept it in little doses. Every time you share that pastor's message that who we all, that you don't even look into, that you, you don't realize that he, He's not even talking Jesus' name. Every time you share that sermon that doesn't say anything or preaches something completely counter-gospel because it makes you feel good, every time you like their Instagram post, every time you like their, and follow them, every time you laugh, every time you show that clip, every single time you and I have a part in the smoke and mirrors. 
So make no mistake, regardless of where you're at, even those of us that put our faith in Jesus, we like it. We like, we like it. It's just different corners of the room. We want it to be kind of flickery. I want to read to you guys some scripture. So what do we do with that? 2 Timothy 2.4. Then I'll give you a list and we'll wrap it up, Jess. That's good, right? I say your names because you're like, is he going to say my name? i got to pretend to pay attention. Yeah. All right. 2 Timothy 2 through 4. Right? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, 2 4. Good. Whew. So excited. No one serving as a soldier. Well, this is completely wrong. I gave you the wrong verse. Uh, it is in 2 Timothy. I am uh, completely flawed. I'm going to read it, and they'll find it for you. Uh, listen. Proclaim the message. Persist in it, whether convenient or not. Rebuke, correct, and encourage with great patience and teaching. For the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear something new. They will turn away from hearing the truth. And turn aside to myths. Thanks. Told you, number dyslexic. 2 Timothy 4.2. So I'll say it again. Proclaim the message. Right? 4.2-4. There it is. 2 Timothy 4.2-4. Proclaim the message, persist in it, whether convenient or not. Rebuke. That means tell you're wrong. Correct and encourage with great patience and teaching. For the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, they will multiply teachers, make more and more for themselves. Who? Themselves. My teacher. Not ours. Because they have an itch to hear something new. They will turn away from hearing the truth and turn aside to myths. Or you could say lies. There's so much in there. See, I can already tell you, you, you guys are all about me encouraging you with great patience and teaching. You do not like rebuking or correcting. <laughs> me either, by the way. I do not, you know, I don't, like, I don't like it. But I like truth. So, okay, what we hear here is Paul tells us, all right, there's light and there's dark. And then he says, listen, there's going to come a time, I'm going to tell you right now, you need to proclaim the message, persist in it whether it's convenient or not. Tell the truth of the gospel whether they like it or not. Rebuke, correct, and encourage. Not just encourage, with great patience and teaching. That's for all of us. You can't soften it because then you're adding to the show. Why do we have to do that? Because through time, and it's happened since the moment Jesus uh, raised from the dead and left, and they started the church till now. There have been people that try to take parts of it, and they try to make it their own. You must cling to the message with great patience and teaching. All right. Why? Why do we, why, what do we do with that? Romans 12, 1 and 2. So what do we do with that? Oh, man, I got this one, guys. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. <laughs> sacrifice. Your life has to be sacrificed in the sense that what you want sometimes has to be sacrificed on God's altar. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this age. What's the age? Well, it's the age where they, want to, they don't want to tolerate sound doctrine, where they turn aside to miss. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to change by having your mind renewed. Renewed means more than once. Made new. So that, why? Why is it so important? So that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. We have to present our, if we want to be holy, like he said, we cannot be conformed to this age. You can't be both. You can't be conformed to this age. You can't follow this age, this world. You can't follow smoke and mirrors and be holy. You can't. 
Does that mean that the call is easy? No, some people's call is harder than others. If you've got $2 billion, right? I mean, in the big, we think it's not this way. I'm going to say a million, right? Or maybe the other way. Maybe you have $10. That's a, that's a better one. You only have $10 to your name. The call to give away some of it to the poor is much harder for you than someone with a million, yes? It doesn't matter what your, your challenge is. We are all called to give up something of ourselves to follow God, not to torture us because following God in the light is where the good is, where the truth is, and most importantly, where the life is. We can't be conformed. How do we, how do we renew ourselves? Anyone have, we have to know his word. You have to know what truth is to be transformed by it. And this is where the world, what I'm about to tell you, a simple fact, and you don't even realize, even believers in this room, you have been messed with to be told that to say something is true is hate speech. Because if I say something is true, then something someone else believes isn't, and how dare you? How ridiculous is that? I often think of it when it comes to cancer and things like that. If someone said, hey, you got to go through chemo, right? Whatever, you got to treat this. It's going to be miserable, and that's hard to hear. You're going to have all these side effects. It's not going to be fun, but at the end of it, we're going to have you cured versus... Hey, take this breath, man. You're going to be cured. Well, we certainly know that isn't true, right? But yet we live that way in our faith. You have to be transformed to God's truth by the renewing of your mind constantly. That's why some of you are like, oh, I don't read the Bible. I don't need it. Yes, you do, because it's so easy to change one word. I've been in some conversations this week, and they were great. And I'm not genuinely not mocking them. Uh, some of them were great. <laughs> and one of the things that I loved is when people talk truth, right? But sometimes even truth, like you could, if you take a sense in the Bible, and I just decide to stop it where I want to, I can make it say what I want. See, that's where people go, the Bible contradicts itself. No, it doesn't. Not if you read it the way it was written, in the context in which it was written. We have to renew our mind. Why? So that we may remember and know in this time whether everyone's got itching ears and there's different messages and all that beautiful stuff is mixed with evil because that's what evil is. Anything opposite of God is evil. So that we can tell the difference between the smoke and mirrors and what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. Because they're all going to say it's Jesus. Is anybody hearing me? This is important. Okay, so then what? All right, Todd, I know. I've accepted that there's itching ears. I'm going to fight for the renewing, and I'll, just, I'll be okay myself. Unfortunately, as often the case with God, he doesn't just do it for yourself. Did you know that? He doesn't equip you just for yourself. It's crazy. Hopefully I got it right. 2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 5. Now I, Paul, make a personal appeal to you by the gentleness and graciousness of Christ. I, who am humble among you in person but bold toward you in absent, they were mocking him, saying, no, you're only tough in letters. This is pretty good, though. Listen to Paul's response. Sometimes you guys are like, Never, you have to be weak. He says, I beg you that when I'm present, I, don't, I will not need to be bold with the confidence by which I plan to challenge certain people. Long story short, he says, hey, I, you better hope that I don't have to show up in person with the boldness I'm, I'm about to bring you because it's going to be trouble. And by the way, if you see how the apostles had and some of the things they did, yeah. Anyway, I got excited. Now I, Paul, make a personal appeal to you by the gentleness and grace of Christ. I am whom I am who I who am humble among you in person, but bold towards you when absent. I beg you that when I am present, I will not need to be bold with the confidence which by which I plan to challenge certain people who think 
we are behaving in an unspiritual way. See, that's the other thing about these, these smoke and mirrors. They're not only going to tell you lies. They're going to tell you that you are evil. And none of us want to be evil, right? You're believers. You want to be love and light. So it's hard when someone says, you are hateful. And you're like, well, I'm supposed to be loving. But the problem is, is you're letting them determine the definition of love. The creator of love is the one who gets to determine it. Now let's stay with it. He says in verse 3, For though we live in the body, we do not wage war in an unspiritual way. Hmm. Go on. Number four says, since the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, okay, that means not guns and swords, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds, we demolish arguments. And every high captive thing, I'm sorry, and every high-minded thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to obey Christ, that's a war cry. You have to know the truth, but it's not just so you get to keep it to yourself. Right? I always tell people this. It's a very simple thing. If you believe you have the cure to cancer and you don't tell people, well, you are not a very loving person. And by the way, that's what you say you are. So I want you to think about this. If you haven't talked to anyone in, this, in the last year even about Jesus Christ who doesn't know him, then you definitely wouldn't tell them if you had the cure to cancer because you have the cure to eternity. To life. But this is important. We're building on something, right? We have false teachings. How do we know? Paul said, okay, what do we do here? These are all Paul, by the way. Paul then says, hey, be careful. You got to proclaim the message, the true message. How do I know what that is? You got to renew your mind and be transformed by it, right? The word of God. Well, then what do you do? Now I know the truth. Now you take that. Don't really hurt people. It's a, it's a figurative, listen to me, world, Facebook. This is not a real gun, okay? I'm banned. Anyway, you take these spiritual weapons. I can't help it, David. It's who I am. Right? And then we use them to demolish strongholds, to demolish arguments. And every high-minded thing, arrogant thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. While we ourselves take thought every captive, or we take every thought captive to obey Christ. I told you this, Lexi, a little bit. You understand what I'm saying? You want to know another reason why these, these smoke and mirror shows are taking over the world and influencing our church? Because we think love means never arguing. We think love means sitting back and letting lies be loud and truth be quiet. Because meek, meek as a dove, meek as a lamb, he's the lion of Judah. <laughs> and you were of his stock. This, I mean, it's very simple. Does this mean you need to go out See if people will take this and twist it. Does this mean I need to go make some signs that says gay people are going to hell? No. Why? Well, it's easy because we know clearly in Scripture you have to filter everything through the Word of God, right? That's worthless. What you should be doing if you're going to even go there at all is try to tell people that God loves them, tell them the gospel, right, if you're going to do that. Yeah, hell's part of it. But cleaning up one action doesn't save him from hell. You understand what I'm saying? That's no different than me. I can, I can be chaste and celibate the rest of my life and never do anything wrong, and that does not save me. And those out there, you know, and it, it doesn't have to be that. It could be anything. 
We raised up against it. We demolish arguments. It doesn't mean we're hate-filled. How do I know that? Because we are called to love people, and that love is patient, love is kind. But Paul's making a point here. When it comes to lies, when it comes to false teachings, when it comes to things contrary to the word of God, we wage war. Now, it's not the war the way the world says, where we go out killing people. That's not of God. But it does mean that we have an answer for every argument. Paul says that in a different place, right? Have an answer. Have an answer for the argument. How can you have an answer for the argument when someone quotes something from the Bible? It could be completely twisted and you just accept it because it kind of sounds like it. If you come to me with an argument about Scripture, I promise you, this is just me outside of before I was at, I, the first thing I'm going to do is say, where's it at? And I'm going to look at it with you. I'm not going to say a single thing about whether you're right or wrong until I look at the context and read it myself. I don't care if I know it by heart. But if I do know it, but there are times that I know verses so well when someone says it says this, I go, I don't say that. For instance, if someone says there is condemnation in Christ, I'm like, uh, that's a blatant lie. Romans 8.1 tells us that. Uh-uh, and then I pull on show and boom, demolished. Why are you so afraid? Let me tell you why you're afraid. Because you live in a culture that tells you to tell someone the wrong is hating them. That's why, and they don't want, the darkness doesn't want the light to have a platform. The darkness doesn't want the light to have a voice. People say all the time, Todd, why do you have goals to grow? <laughs> you don't know me. I'll tell you why. Because I want a seat at the table. The table of the culture setters in Christendom who are set, and not all of them, by the grace of God, there are the John Pipers and, and, and uh, the John MacArthur's and, you know, Zach, well, yeah. There are other people out there who are telling truth. It's not just here. But I'm going to tell you this, and this is probably going to be pretty bold. I'm not sure that they're in the majority. You can't tell me that 67%, I mean, it's gone down. People are just being honest now. You know, everybody's panicking and saying people aren't Christians anymore. You know, the number, they're just being honest now. <laughs> you can't tell me 67% of the country is Christian. Are you kidding me? We wouldn't have rioting in the streets over anything both ways if that were the case, would we? We might, but we'd be like, hey, what are those people doing? You know, it'd be like five people instead of five million. So what do we take from this, all of this? I'm building somewhere. I'm going to make an, I actually had this. You know where this came from? To prove to you guys to live this. This came from my own notes, my own studying, a different time, and it was an equation I made, and I added some more to it because I was trying to make sure I understood what was happening here. So I added to it because as I study for this, you know. Number one, is everybody still with me? Okay. Sometimes you don't know, man. Sometimes people are like, yeah, they're just thinking. I'm like, but thinking looks the same as sleeping. How do I know, all right, or anger? All right, here we go. Number one. So we take Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus, not your God, not your made-up Jesus, not your, you know, marionette puppet that you've pasted the name Jesus on. Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, he is the light of the world. And there are no substitutes. Man, how much, he just loves you and says, hey, bottom line is, because you know what real incredible patience and love is? He says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. I created you but I won't make you follow me. But then they're like, how dare he send people to hell? Yeah, okay. He's going this way and say, if you go that way, you're going to fall off a cliff. You come to me, I'm going to lead you home, and there's a big castle, and we're like, I love cliffs, right? And then we're mad. We're mad when we fall off. What happened? That's what it is. We are children. 
You are children. By the way, Christians, anytime you, there's like, I got like, you know, when Jesus said you have to die to self, some of you in this room are like, I'm pretty content with 75% submission to God. There's 75% of this Bible thing I accept. 25% don't like it. Not going to believe it's true. That's a pure opinion. Oh, man. Masquerade. Smoke and mirrors. Number two. So we know Jesus lied. I got, man, I'm so fired up today. The darkness hates the light. And I put darkness in quotations because darkness is everything without God. It's every church without Jesus. It's every collective without Jesus, even if they say the name. It's every teacher. It's every media post. It's the world. And, the, and hear me, friends. Please hear me. If they are not with God, they have set themselves as enemies of God. We already know it because they hate the light. Amen. Some of you in this room hate the light. You, you love the idea of Jesus. You like the encouraging part and the love part. But you, I'm going to tell you the bottom line. You know how I know you hate Jesus? Because you refuse to submit. You refuse to say, I'm a sinner. You take parts of this, but you don't let it change your life. The most beautiful thing in the world is people out there that, that are following. And they say, I don't like it. <laughs> and they still follow. You talk about a testimony. I don't like some of it. I don't. I think sometimes people need to be popped in the face, right? That's what my, my flesh says. Dang it, I shouldn't have said that. Right? If I'm in my flesh, right? You're a jerk. I'm going to be a jerk to you. That seems fair. <laughs> but that's not the way of Jesus. The darkness hates the light. It's so important for you to know that. We know it from this. It doesn't just like indifferent. It hates it. I want it to go away. I want to extinguish it. That's why they tried to kill him. You, why did they hate him? That's why it's so powerful when Jesus said, for what things are you hitting me for? I'll fill it out for him. Was it for the healings? Right? Was it for the miracles? You are killing me because the truth is they can't accept who you are in the mirror of me. They want to extinguish it because why? We Remember, it will expose their wicked deeds. The first part of accepting Christ is the, ex the exposing of my sinful nature, the acceptance that, man, I'm not, I'm not okay on my own. No amount of drugs or affirming theology which doesn't exist. That's what they claim they, they preach there, affirming theology. Affirming means saying you're right. No amount of any of that. Number three, so what do we do that? God's word tells us about the light. So Jesus is the light of the world. The darkness hates the light. And the cool thing about the light is it also tells us how to live, right? Light, that's, what, that's deep, man. Go this way. You can only know when there's light. This is how. So if God's word tells us about the light, who's the light? Jesus. It's the opposite of wicked. It's the truth. God's word, the Bible, tells us. It says that. How do I know? Because we believe part of it, we believe all of it. It's good for what it's good for. Number four, I'm going to try to go. I know it's a long one. You guys, you know, you're goldfish. Clint told me. You can't pay attention. I try to argue, but whatever. Uh, darkness hates light. The world hates truth that points to light. You need to accept this. I just, we're building on it. Get it? See, a little equation here. Darkness hates light, and the world hates truth. They're both the same. The world hates the truth that points to the light. They hate Jesus. They hate him. When they put a different name on something else, they hate him. Number five. 
Truth is attacked on all sides. They're going to attack truth because what? Truth points to Jesus. <laughs> so I've got to attack it. How do I attack it? So if I come to you and go, Jesus isn't the Savior, you're going to be like, get out of here. But if I come and go, you know, Jesus is all-inclusive. You know, like, I mean, that's kind of like love. I guess that's true. Right? Truth is attacked on all sides. Number six. We have to renew our minds to know the truth. Right? If it's being attacked on all sides, there's false truth, false smoke and mirrors, then what? We, we have to know it, so why? We can demolish strongholds. We can tell the difference between the truth and the lies, between Jesus and the smoke and mirrors show. Number seven, very blunt. A Jesus whose message is all-inclusive isn't Jesus. I'm taking the word back. He is inclusive in the sense that you're all welcome. Everybody's welcome. He says that. For I am neither Jew nor Gentile, right? I am neither, I can name black or white, girl, female, male, all of that. You're all welcome. Under whose terms? Yes, his terms. Jesus, whose message is all inclusive in Jesus. You hear it all the time. A message that doesn't ever call you to repent is not the gospel. Repent means, ready, stop being silly. <laughs> stop doing wrong. Turn away from it. What if I do 20%? You like 20% of it. Okay. You're doing wicked things. Now, the beauty is, well, Todd, aren't you ta preaching like an earn it mentality? No. No, I'm not. Because the grace and beauty is, is that you don't have to rest under your own salvation, but it all starts. Like, your salvation is the rest on you, but it all starts with your admission that you are in trouble. <laughs> right? It's like we're all drowning, and some people, you know, anybody want a life raft? No, I'm not drowning. <laughs> right? <laughs> You got to say, hey, I'm drowning. I'll take one. You don't want one when you're on ground, right? You look silly. Hey, here, what are those circular ones called? <laughs> no. Is that what they're called? You know, on a Titanic, life preserver, I think. <laughs> People are like, ring? Yeah, whatever, life ring, right? You, if I throw that on you now, Josh, and I start pulling you, it's going to look absolutely ridiculous. But if you're, if you're in a bunch of water with sharks and you're going, ooh, 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 that's going to be life-saving. You got to ask for it. Some of you are drowning and going, I don't need help. Number eight, you can't follow Jesus and stay in the crowd. Why? Because I just told you the crowd's in the darkness. They hate him. You can't love, you can't follow Jesus. You can't follow him and stay in the crowd. Are you ready to hear this? Thousands of people followed Jesus until he told them the truth with every step of the truth, right? He, they were there for the encouragement. They were definitely there for the free bread and fish, mm, long johns, right? They were there for that. And it's just like us. I can't tell how many times that's why they only preach about it. Everything's great, great. People are all cool. They're like, this guy's the man. I can't wait till he's king of the Jews. And then when he says, hey, by the way, you're sinners. And you can't save yourselves. Um, your religion is worthless. Um, you got it wrong. Um, you got to put your faith in me. Can't save yourself. And yeah, this is all the wrong things you're doing. Kill him, right? And that crowd then laughed and mocked him when they said, here's the king, right, Come in. Do you understand my power? Oh, he's coming. Let's, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then king of the Jews above his cross. You can't love the light by staying in the darkness. This is so important. Oh, man, we've got to take it back. She's going to come place to me. We've got to take back our faith both sides. 
Because people have decided, well, they personally don't like this all-inclusive. So they create this hate-filled religion. That's the polar opposite, right? No one comes in unless they look right. It's okay if they hide it. But kill them. And then here's some truth. Let he who's without sin cast the first stone. Guys, we gotta know the truth. We gotta take back our faith. Which means we gotta know the truth and we gotta be ready to demolish. Stop being cowards when you are kings and queens. We have got to stand up. Does that mean all of you are gonna be the kind? I'm not saying go out in a street corner and yell. That's up to you, right? Sometimes that's effective. People have been saved through that. But I'm not telling you to do that. But I'm telling you when you're sitting there and you're hearing somebody say, yeah, Jesus said this. Doesn't he? No, he didn't. Well, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He said this. No, honestly, he didn't. Can you, can you show me where he said it? They'll never show you. They just start yelling and getting mad or saying, well, God, I know God's with me. Do you do that or do you go, well, loving them means letting them drown? Because at least they're smiling while they're dying creepy. See what I did? We have to take it back. We have to take it back from both sides. There is an opportunity in this world today. Many people ask me all the time, Todd, do you think we're in the last days? I don't know. I know that Jesus and Paul told us to live like we are. And if we are to live like we are, then we have to have an answer for every question. We have to have truth to demolish strongholds because it is a desperate time. Even back then, Jesus said, my goodness. He looked out and he said, looked at the people and said, the harvest is ready. Where are the workers? Not all of you are called to get up here and preach to a bunch of people that don't like you half the time. I do that. But you're called to tell people the truth. See, the beauty of God's grace and forgiveness isn't found unless you recognize you need it, right? Truly. When you're a millionaire and someone gives you a dollar, you're like, oh, that's really nice. When I'm starving and they only have a dollar and they're starving too and they give it to you, boy, that means something. We have to understand our situation and we have to tell people their situation so that they can live. You know, the, the, the thing about Jesus' love I found, I know, guys, we've gone a little late, but darn it, Gina, I'm getting better. I'm trying. She shake her head. She told me to quit worrying about how long ago. Um, yeah, the, the thing about it is, is that this world is so desperate for answers that they're making some up. And we're so afraid. You know, what I've learned over the years, and this is the thought I couldn't remember, is that, you know, Jesus' love is different from the world's love in many, many ways. But one of the things I've found is sometimes you don't realize how amazing his love, his love is until it's tested by time. Okay, so what do I mean by that? You know, when we tell our kids when they're growing up that you can't eat 45 brownies, right? When, when you guys have heard it right before bed, when they say, hey, don't stay out this late, when they say, do your homework, when they, by the way, it don't matter if the homework's stupid. They are recognizing, and it is sometimes, that it's the overall goal. Um, you know, when your parents teach you good work ethic, I never realized the sacrifice and love my parents had for me until I understood what it was to pay bills, to only have so much time, to not know sometimes what right and wrong is for myself, and now I'm supposed to teach these kids? Now I understand, and it's the same with Christ. It's not going to feel comfortable at first, but I promise you this, you will understand true love if you follow him. We have, we 
have to be focused on truth and not our feelings, guys. I was gonna read you a quote from this guy. I haven't mean to be picking on him. If you guys were in the foundations class, it's the same guy at this church. I can't get over it. That they even let, they call him a pastor, argue with another. And I was like, dude, this guy is not. He, he, he doesn't even believe in the Bible. He said that. You know what's most shocking? That there are people that go there. But then I think, no, it makes sense. He's just honest about what he's saying, at least somewhat, right? There's less smoke and mirrors. He's like, I'll just put Jesus up and say a bunch of crazy things. There are other people that, it's real close. It's 99%. We have to be focused on truth and not our feelings. Lies don't always come out in the open. Sometimes it's done with smoke and mirrors. We have to shape ourselves around God's truth, not the other way around. You have to. Where is he? Why isn't he blessing you? Why isn't he giving me the desires of my heart? I'm doing what he said. Are you? Am I? We have to be on guard against false teachings and false gospels. Listen, this is no matter how tempting or how much they even make sense. Some of you parents, you send your kids to youth group. They learn about God, and then they go home and put into practice, and you tell them, well, that's just for church. My gosh, what are you doing? You are literally confusing them. You're playing a game, and they notice it when they're young, and you're training them to play it. It's tempting. Sometimes the world's ways even work in the short term. I get it, but truth is truth. I'm going to ask you today, where are you? Are you in the darkness or are you in the light? And sometimes those of us in the light mean we know the truth. We sometimes like to creep back in the darkness because we think the light won't find us. He always finds us. Is that you today? Do you need to come home? Not so God can shame you, so God can heal you. I've said it many times in the garden. Where are you? You're hiding. You think he doesn't love you? You think the sacrifice doesn't go that far? I have fought so hard against that lie. So, so hard. How far is too far for the cross? Where are you? Do you sit in the light even when it's uncomfortable? Do you push back against lies in different shades of darkness? Do you stay quiet because you're afraid of the truth? Do you sit there and let people tell lies when there's eternal lives at stake? Where are you? We're going to take some time today. I know. Oh, Todd, it's 7.30. I want you to think about that, all of us. If you're the one that's been afraid, you think God doesn't want you in the light anymore because you've done some shady things. The light never left you. <laughs> the darkness makes you think it did. He's still right there loving you the same. Don't live in that shame. If you're in the room today and you say, man, I'm scared. I'm scared because I know if I come into the light that all my bad deeds are going to come. to It is. But not to shame you. It's so that he can say, oh, I know. Because he still sees you in the dark. I know it's hard for you. That's okay. Come here. Here's the gospel. God made everything perfect, and he made us to live in it. And he said, there's one rule. I'm God, and you're not. I'll tell you what right and wrong is. And we rejected that and rebelled. And God said, okay, then you don't want to live in the light, then you have to live in the darkness. And so we wandered around for thousands of years, and when we're in the darkness, what does it say we do? Wicked things. And life in this world is a world built on wicked things. In the midst of it, when we couldn't find our way back to the light, the light came to us. That's Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth is the light. He came into the darkness to show us the way home. He lived. It's a fact. He puts a line in the sand and says, I love you. I love you right now where you're at. I love you. You can't go too far. I know you've done this. I know you think you've gone too far. I know you think you can't overcome this. But I'm telling you right now, I love you. I see you in the dark. And I brought you the light. Come home.
be who we were meant to be before the fall, before he cast us out. So on the cross, he died. He died for all the wicked things we've done in the dark so that we can always live in the light. I'm crying because that's the gospel. <laughs> that's the beauty. The beauty isn't that we're good and he, he calls us good. The beauty is that we're evil and he makes us good. But I want to say one of so what does it mean? How do I become a believer? Do I have to have it all right? Do I have to know what's in the Bible? No, no, no. You have to know this much. Are you a sinner? Are you flawed? Are you broken? Are you hurt? Do you know or do you feel that voice going, man, I, I don't want to live in the darkness. Here's the thing. The Bible says this. If you confess with your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and was raised from the dead, you will be saved. But Todd, what if I still struggle with this wicked deed? Doesn't matter. Jesus. What if I, what if I slip up? Jesus. Uh, what if sometimes I slide into the dark? Jesus will pull you out. What if I run away? He'll chase you. He will never give up on you, but you have to be willing to come into the light and to admit that you're in the dark. you do today. Take this time. You, you've got the rest of the night to do whatever you want for the next 10 minutes. Try to find out what he wants and respond to it. If you don't know Jesus, you, there's going to be people up here praying for you. If you're hurting, you're lonely, you're broken, you've been stuck in the dark, you think you're in the dark, it doesn't matter. They're here to pray. There's power in prayer. There is. It sounds weird and mystical. I know it is. It's the act. They're here to pray for you. If you're like, well, I, I kind of want to, but I don't know why, and you're thinking of all the reasons why you shouldn't, you should. And if you're in this room and I said the gospel to you and you can't for 100% certain that you live in the light, don't leave today taking a chance walking in the darkness because tomorrow's not promised. You may not have that choice. Whatever you do, wherever you're at, don't leave the same as you came in because if you do, you're choosing to.